Hello there, how's it going? So these last few weeks I have been working a lot and I have some assessments to deliver. So the semester is ending and you know I, I'm tired. But I I still have some things to share with you all. So two episodes ago I talked about synchrotron diffraction in which I have used machine I have been in the place here in Brazil and obviously I am no specialist so I want I didn't explain everything that I think it should have done but today I'm going to focus on neutron diffraction so as I said I'm not expert but I want to share what I have studied what I have been in contact with this two weeks and that's why I'm doing this episode. Before we start it, don't forget to like this episode, to share this with your friends, family, help me reach 2,000 total downloads until December. We are almost there, so it's all thanks to you, so let's do it. By the way, my name is Vini, and I am a Matthews engineer. As I explain it, in two episodes ago about synchrotron diffraction uh, there are some uh, labs around the world that have this technology and it's not different for uh, neutron diffractions there's some labs in Europe, United States and those places they can they can perform this kind of experiment so just to remember the ones that we discussed two episodes ago using synchrotron, uh, we we have electrons being accelerated in a ring, and those electrons they emit radiations. So we have from infrared to X-ray, and neutron diffraction is a little bit different. We 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 use neutrons. We don't use uh, electrons to create radiation, we use neutrons. So as we know, neutron is a nuclear particle which has mass and it's quite close to protons. So it has about 1.675 multiplied by 10 to the power of minus 27 kilograms. In this case, neutrons, rather than the synchrotron, which which we use for example to produce the x-ray the x-ray is it's a radiation differently from synchrotron neutrons interacts with the nuclei so it, it, it does that via the strong nuclear force and with magnetic moments via the electromagnetic force so using synchrotron we can produce the x-ray and its behavior is different from neutrons okay so neutrons behave predominantly as particles so it has the both uh, behaviors part as particles and wave-like nature when neutrons are created in a nuclear process they behave as particles when they interact with uh, the material, so they they can behave as waves, 
and they will be scattered. So again, they can uh, behave as particles when they are detected by another uh, nuclear process. And this changes everything, how the measurements are done, how uh, we produce the experiment. So there are some common names for neutron energy ranges. So the standard uh, the thermal energy is 25 micro electron volts, which corresponds to a wavelength about 1.798 angstroms, or a velocity of 2200 meters per second. So a wavelength higher than 40 angstroms, its common name would be ultra code from 2.4 to 40 angstroms, its name is code from 0.6 to 2.4 angstroms thermal from 0.3 to 0.6 angstroms hot and smaller than 0.3 angstroms thermal so it means the energy so as i said the wavelength uh, it changes so that wavelength responds to the energy because there's an equation to that explains that so as we know the the wavelength, we know its energy, that's why uh, it, it changes here. You probably wonder why we use neutron for diffraction. So I, I just want to explain some things to you. So the thermal neutrons have a wavelength around 1.8 angstroms, which is similar to interatomic distances. and we, we can obtain using neutrons, we can obtain uh, information of the structure and the dynamic of the material. Another thing is we can use this technology, we can use this experiment to to see, I would say, to see lightweight elements such as hydrogen. Because hydrogen is invisible to X-rays so even using a powerful or the most powerful synchrotron, we can we can see hydrogen because the technique it's is different. The, the, the X-ray doesn't interact with the nuclei as the neutron interacts. So it changes everything. Hydrogen is a lightweight element, but as the neutron interacts with its nuclei we can see that but unfortunately we can actually see the hydrogen we can see its isotope we, we, we can determine the hydrogen but the deuterium which is a hydrogen isotope highlights its presence so the hydrogen background using this technique compared with the deuterium background is higher so Rather than using a hydrogen experiment that I have explained in some ex some episodes ago, I, I think is the 34th episode. So we can perform a kinetic measurement to determine how much hydrogen my sample absorbs using the theorem. So we, we, sh we could use that and use neutrons to determine where those deuterium and where would hydrogen be stuck when we put pressure, we put the sample under pressure. So it helps us to determine the spots, the, the spaces 
the interstitials where in hydrogen fills. So the theorem is a little bit different from hydrogen, but it still works to explain how uh, the hydrogen is absorbed by the sample. Another interesting thing is the interaction between neutrons and matter is rather weak. So we can use the book of the sample and it's going to interact with uh, the, all the material and not only its surface. So very bulky samples can be studied up to tens of centimeter thickness. So obviously it depends on their elemental composition but we can use that to, to study other things that unfortunately the synchrotron doesn't perform. So another example that we can use that is to determine where molecules are on space. So we can use in medicine. If you study that and you use this technique, you can determine where all where each molecule is on space and then you can know how it works. I hope you have enjoyed. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode.